This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Helix fans. Welcome back to the Helix After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about Season 2, Episode 7, Cross Pollination. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me as always, Mr. Stephen Lemieux is here. Hey, guys. And Zach Wilson is here. I just always like grooving out to the sound. I know, it's so good. And now that we roll, we can actually groove better. Yeah, just close my eyes and think, picture myself on, a, on a, an island somewhere. Yeah, maybe St. Germain. Uh, unfortunately, Liz Rishmaui not joining us today. Uh, she got stuck at work, but we miss her, and we'll see her next week. However, in her stead, we do have the fantastic and talented Miss Allison Louder via Skype with us, who plays uh, Amy on the show. Allison, are you with us? Yeah, man, I'm here. Oh, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, so, this episode, first of all, very dark. I would say probably uh, the largest uh, mass murder I've seen on a sci-fi show since since Galactica, probably. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a it's been a pretty uh pretty rough year for these people. Yeah. I feel like I've definitely seen larger, but not that this was this was the one of the darkest mass murders I've yeah. seen in a while. I really, really thought they weren't gonna go through with it until everyone started choking and gasping. And then freaking uh the poor kid He's looking around at all of it, and I'm like, oh man, this is Caleb. This is Caleb as a kid, and he grows up to become... No, no, he's dead, too. Yes, yeah, Caleb's not Superman. Yeah, that's true. It's bad enough when you kill a whole bunch of people in a room, then you look at a child in the eye while you hand him poison. Ugh, awful. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Allison, I want to start by by asking you about about Amy. We learn we've learned a lot about her uh, over the last couple of episodes, and it all kind of came to a head this week when she finally there you oh, are. Oh my god, she's here! Yeah, we can finally hey. see you. <laughs> uh, so tell me what it was like shooting that scene with Steven Weber, where the two of you finally got to take the gloves off and present your agendas. Oh, man. Steven Weber is a joy to work with, first of all. Mm -hmm. So for everyone who's legitimately creeped out by him at this time, I just want you to know he's, like, the coolest guy. So actually shooting that scene was a lot of fun. Um, We tweaked it a lot and just trusted each other and just had a really good time finding all the nuances of that power dynamic because Mm -hmm. that's ultimately... You know what's being hashed out in that scene is who's gonna who's gonna come out on top, and we still don't know yet. So. That's true. 
Well, after uh, after you kill just about everybody on the island, <laughs> you kind of run out of allies. So I, I have to wonder who 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 do you guys think is going to wind up on top? I just love how uh, Amy's character decides that she's going to poison Zach's thinking dirty, funny jokes in his head, and it's just you said it. I didn't. Yeah, anyway. I know, but I but I resisted <laughs> saying I hope that neither of them comes out on top, and instead they come separately, far away from each other, so never together. You're making it worse. You're making Matt, it worse. <laughs> easily making it worse. Hashtag cuckold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I think it's interesting that Amy's like talking about like, oh my god, he's gonna kill everyone when she just poisoned eighty three people that are gonna die within two days anyway as well. So I mean, they kind of have that blood running. through their veins. The apple does not fall far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I I think everybody loses when two crazy people go at it. Well, I don't think Amy's crazy. crazy. I think that she's thrust into... And don't don't jump on that. Also, don't jump on that. Um, (laughs) Believe it or not, you beat me to that one. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, I think that she's put in, uh, just from the moment that she's born, into an extraordinary situation that requires a certain level of grit and the ability to do things that are pretty horrific to try to get out of that situation. I feel like... yeah. The more I learn, the more we learn about Amy, and and tell me if I'm on on the money here, Allison. The more we learn about her, the more we realize she's been pushed to this by a sheer lack of options. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's not crazy. She's got all her wits about her. She's got very few options as well. Um, she's also got very little information about the way that you know things work on the outside world and she's functioning on a completely different moral compass which has essentially been dictated to her and generations of people for 500 years so for her for her to even think for herself is something completely new mm-hmm. i think that michael michael definitely respects her for that I, I love that moment where he's almost very proud of her machiavellian he calls a machiavellian uh sense of self-preservation and putting herself first and being you know hatching this plan and trying to keep it a secret on some level you are kind of like the perfect partner for him if you ever wanted to have sex with your dad which you obviously don't well I, michael I one of those caveats that you know <laughs> but um yeah i think you're totally right i think he sees a lot of himself in her in terms of all the qualities that he hoped would be embodied in future generations to come you know strong intelligent able to stand on their own two feet and you know, for all intents and purposes, as much as Amy has had a lot of stuff dictated to her, it's not like this is the first time she's thinking for herself. It's just on such a level that, you know, nobody on St. Germain, Michael included, can wrap their minds around all these possibilities at this point. So everyone is going about it in a very, you know, childish, clumsy way and, you know, making a lot of mistakes as they go along. And um, so I think he can relate to where she's at, mm-hmm. but... But I still think that he's got, you know, she's she and he come at it from completely different perspectives. Obviously, yeah. well, I think he's he to me at least he sees her as this a step towards what he's trying to do because, as you say, he sees a lot of himself in her, all the ways that that is uh, that it can be taken. Um, but <laughs> it's, yeah, but it really is just. Um, but more so, it's because what is his plan right now? He wants to create. He's trying to 
make it to the point where it's, he can have silver children. Yeah. Right? Silver-eyed children. And if he sees the his emotional self in her, then he can... Then that's a step in the right direction. There's more of what makes him him in this generation. Interesting. Absolutely. Can yeah, I ask... A- it's like... He's aiming for that that perfect idea, and he's expecting that she will honor the traditions of the fellowship, just as all her foremothers have before her. And that's just the way it's supposed to be, according to him. But Amy doesn't really want to have anything to do with his expectations. So I have to ask, because we get this line in the episode where he says, you'll conform with or without your teeth. And I want to know, how much does Amy actually know about what happens in the plantoning? Like, does she just think that it's um, having sex? But it seems like it's more than that. It seems like it's darker and worse than that. Well, you, I mean... She's she's there in the room extracting the teeth in episode one. Yeah, you see. So okay, I didn't. I I couldn't tell that. So in terms of her knowing that the teeth and the you know that that's a thing that happens, like this isn't a big shock to her. So Um, that that is part of the plantoning then. The why the why I can't tell you just yet because that's the that's the beauty of Helix. It's going to drop some gold nuggets along the trail, and you're going to pick them up and pick them up and pick them up, and eventually you'll have a bag of gold. Right. Well. And going back to your point, Stephen, I don't think that the planting, which is actually what it's called, we called it the planting, but uh, the planting is something that happens between Michael and his daughters. Whatever happened in that first episode, Amy was privy to that. I don't think that that was the planting. Can you say whether or not that was the planting? I can't say whether or not that was the planting, but, uh, but yes, I can tell you that the planting does happen with between Michael and his daughters. Right. Okay. Well, it just, it seems like it wasn't even a woman they were pulling teeth out of in that first episode. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a woman. Yeah. It was a woman. I mean, whatever... It's Amy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, whatever that process is, is something that he's brought his inner circle into. Hmm. Yes. So it's... It's something that he has to keep hidden, so it's some crazy process. I, I, I assume it has something to do with Mother. It still has to do with all the secret activity that he needed Agnes and and Amy for so specifically. And now that Agnes is gone, obviously a certain amount of those responsibilities has to be delegated back out. So it's falling on Amy and Anne to kind of have to pick up on that. But we still don't really know what it is, right? So, So will that be revealed or will that... Not be revealed. You'll just have to keep yeah. watching. Well, yeah. he'll reveal it to Amy because, after all, of all of his daughters, she's she always been his favorite. favorite. <laughs> so Such a creepy line. It's so creepy. Every time he says it, it gets worse. Uh, well, here let's let's jump back to the front of the episode because we while we do have still several questions, we did get a lot of answers this week. Uh, a lot of uh, so first of all, we know Michael's motivation. Right, we we get to go all the way back to 1601 and see who Michael Dubois was back in France. He fell in love with a peasant girl uh, who was totally still in love with a blonde dude. He got cuckolded, and uh, no one likes being a cuckold. It's true. 
Um, so what do you do? You burn her and her lover, and then you try to find a way to eradicate all male all male reproduction except for your own. Such is because, tradition. Right, such is tradition because you're the greatest man who's ever lived and no one else deserves to impregnate anyone. Obviously. He's <laughs> just a farmer in search of plantaining. Ugh. And so uh, we now also know what's up with those apples, right? It's in the pollen that comes from the apple trees, but it's not in the apples. People eat the apples, but the fungus does not spread to them. They do not get the virus. However, whatever he did to manipulate those apples has a side effect. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when pollen from those manipulated trees is processed by bees and turned into honey, something is unlocked within it that is uh, that causes people to go mycotic. Am I, uh, am I off base here in how I'm reading that? I think there's more that think? we don't know. I, uh, that sounds right. I guess, th- for me, the, the way that this episode made me feel is like there's a bunch of answers that we got, or what mm-hmm. seemed like answers. Yeah. I feel like we're, this is all, this especially that we're in episode seven, mm-hmm. right? We have, what, we have six episodes, six episodes, to, episodes go, to go, which is really I feel like to this me. is going to end up being all, like, dodges, like, stuff that we, like, thought was totally on point, and then we realized none of it was right. Like, the infertility <laughs> that he came up with was, like, just like, oh, yeah, I figured that out while I was working out this bigger problem. Yeah, I think the infertility thing was something that he just created so he could be the only one who bears children on the island. You don't think that that's the end game? No, I don't think that was at all. And I think what... This episode's called Mm cross-pollination. So there's something else that's being cross-pollinated with that to create the mycotics. The bees don't go to just apple trees and then make honey. The bees go to all the plants they can reach and then make honey. And that's what... Well, then what about this? What if uh, making all the other men on the island sterile was step one... And step two, which is what he needed the baby for, is so that he could find a way to replace all men's reproductive material with his own. Not only making sure that all men are uh, are having silver babies, but are having his babies. That's what like without oh, him I being part of the. He just wanted to like clone his penis. Well, no, okay. he just wants I'm to cuckold sure everyone on Earth. If there was a way to do it with just trees, I imagine he would want to clone his penis, <laughs> but instead he'd rather just clone his reproductive material. <laughs> I can just imagine and, 400 years later we've created a banana tree that creates oh. my penis-shaped banana. <laughs> Let's not and say we did, wow. shall we? Oh. Welcome wow. to we've, the Brotherhood. We've oh, gone God. to some strange places. But. Yeah. but what do you think of that theory, Zach? You had a kind of like a spark from that. It's yeah. interesting, like so. But it would so then it would be like the other people would be ha- like bearing having sex, his kids. And, but they would be bearing his children without him being present. Yes, at all in the process. Yeah, so that he could not only could he never be cuckolded again, but his perfect genes would be everywhere. He'd be Genghis Khan. Basically, yes. Where a, everyone on the planet would have at least some of his DNA. That suggests, though, that he cares about the. D- it was the, the it was the fact that it was a child that wasn't his more than it was that somebody cheated on him. I also just realized that the title of the episode was a sexual innuendo. Cross pollination. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that before. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Um I think totally, it's totally a sexual innuendo between like it's also an incest joke to I mean not the incest oh, I would agree. <laughs> the foot, I would the, mouth, the foot, the mouth. Thoroughly agree with you. What Allison. on this show isn't an innuendo? That family tree has been cross pollinated many a time. Nope. 
Uh, I think the one remaining thing, like, and I'm sure there's more than one remaining thing, but like, key piece of the puzzle that they didn't give us, but they did remind us about this week, is what brought Alan there in the first place. Because he is of the mind that whatever is going on on this island is sponsored by Alaria or is, is supposed to be an alternative to Narvik. Uh, and maybe he is slightly misinformed on that by Peter's presence there, uh, working for Ilaria. But whatever dr- brought Alan to the island, we still don't know, and it has to it has to do with whatever Michael's doing there. Could this island be where the event happened? The event? Or I guess we got to call it the no, event because it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work because we see uh we see Michael arrive there. Right. It looks like he arrived to this place. He wasn't like living there already. Okay. Um yeah. I I have to think my theory right now would be that Alan is like Alan is actually was like sent there not not knowingly by Alaria. Like Alaria basically manipulated him, let him fall get certain information that would lead him to wind up on Saint Germain. Hmm. Because, like, and so this has all just been part of their plan. They sent Peter in to, like, check up on the situation and see what where what the progress had been. So you're of the mind that Alan Farragut is considered more valuable alive than dead by Alaria. Because if they knew, if they knew enough about where he was to slip him information, I feel like they would have killed him as retaliation. But what if they're slipping him information so this gets out? Like he, just, he comes here to blow the whistle on everything. That well, but here's the thing, though the rest the rest of the board at Alaria doesn't want this to get out. They want Narvik to get out. That's why they developed Narvik C. They have no interest in using in using whatever Michael's working on, whatever it is ultimately called. So, well, what we re- what we find out last episode is that there's people in Alaria that are against the mass genocide of the human race. Yeah. But so if Alaria knows about these apples that cause infertility. Uh, sterilization in males, they know that this could be a viable alternative and they really just want to kill everyone on the planet. So, suffice to say, there's people in Ilaria who, even while Alan was killing them, gave him this because they knew that it would cause it would cause the alternative option to be brought to light. A massive corporation like Ilaria if they knew about these apples and all and and enough of them wanted to use it instead of spending millions of dollars developing Narvik C, they would have stormed this island years ago, stolen all the research, trapped Michael, and tortured him until he told them how to use I'm it. I'm saying they're not trying to use the apples. They don't want to, because um, Julia says that she has her, her infertility. Knows, knows Valaria knows, right? Most of Alaria knows, but you saw how. Said, the, who knows if Alaria knows? That's yeah, true. Who knows how many people in Alaria knows, and who knows that the whole thing could be okay? Well, we caused it to a vote, and this is going to be fast in the apple, so we're going to kill everyone on the planet. So, suffice to say, if they want him suffice to suffice to su- say, suffice to say, suffice to say, the planting. No, um, if they want Alan to know about this, so he can push this alternative before Alaria can kill everyone on the planet. Yeah, but you're, who is sending Alan on this mission? Is the people it, who are on their side in Ilaria. The, the, like, the people like Madame Durand. Yeah. Mademoiselle Durand. Ma- yeah. yeah. Well, they're few in number. Yeah, why, would they, why else would they give 
Alan the flash drive with the information. And that's why him. they would slip the information to Alan in order to, like, they can't actively help him, but if they accidentally let some information get out that puts him in the right direction, right. just like they brought in Julia and the CDC, Hitake brought in Julia and the CDC because they would be able to, find, or, or rather, Ilaria brought them in. Right. Not even Hitake. Ilaria brought them in to find the cure for Narvik. They brought in an outsider because they knew that they would be capable of doing something that the people within the company could not. Okay. And when did they say they could release the virus Narvik that Narvik C? They said a week, right? Yeah. That was last episode. There's six episodes left, so it'll be seven days. It'll have been a week on the finale episode. So it's going to be leading up to whatever option they choose. I Allison saw real proud of you. Saw that smirk, I saw <laughs> No, I just love that you guys did timeline math. I think that's great. And I think you have to when, when considering these things. And I think it's something that, you know, definitely when, when we're getting our scripts and stuff, you know, we're doing timeline math in our head, mm-hmm. you know, so like, oh, my God, where's this going to go? Yeah. And, what, uh, what What is that like shooting a show that's so heavily serialized? Are you guys playing guessing games on set trying to figure stuff out? I love it, partly because of that. Um, but yeah, sometimes sometimes it's really clear, and sometimes it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's all I can really say because I don't really have much of a basis for comparison. Yeah, in terms of my own personal experience. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I really loved it, and it, it allows for a lot of you know sort of just really fun exploration and like playing with your other cast members and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Great. And it's always a, it's always something in every script that you're like, whoa! Like, you guys brought up Mademoiselle Durand earlier, mm-hmm. and that, for me, in this episode, was a huge reveal that there are immortal children. I mean, Michael trying to make an immortal child is one thing. Immortal child? Did I say immoral? I meant immortal. Um, yeah. Well, he already but, made one immortal <laughs> child. That's you. Children? That's, like, mind-boggling. Like, how did this kid even become immortal? That was a huge question that I had reading the script. Mm-hmm. Like, did Ilaria experiment on a whole bunch of kids? Is she a kid from Hataki's experimentations that now is an Ilaria recruit? Like, who's Mademoiselle Durand? I still want to know. Mm-hmm. Don't you guys have questions about her? I Well, actually, for me, it seemed pretty cut and dry that she was just a kid who was a, a, at this event and it just has always been a kid yeah it suggested it that one her being there like makes me think that whatever it was was not like hey we found a fountain we found the fountain of youth take a drink and then like everybody comes at a certain time this was like some one like one like a bomb goes off effectively right like just affects the 500 people in in a small area and they're all frozen at whatever age they are Okay, not actually physically not, frozen. Not physically frozen. Go, no, thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick second and talk to you briefly about iTunes. You know, folks, the best way for you to support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes, rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. It's quick and easy. It doesn't cost you a single solitary dime. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash AfterBuzzTV. Uh, and, uh, you know, it really, really helps us here. Every single rating and review, every subscription, helps us keep our doors open and our lights on. It helps us get the sponsors that pay for your free programming. At AfterBuzz, we produce the widest array of after-show programming anywhere on the Internet. That's absolutely 100% factually true. Over 100 hours of free after-show content every single week. So, support the cause and get those ratings and reviews out. It's how we get great guests like Allison. 
Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also. I, Amy approves this message. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give some uh, a couple shout outs like from the uh, from the chat roll. Um, uh, Bridget Shea Wardstone uh, wants us to tell Allison she is a superb actress and she has made Amy a standout character this year. She really enjoyed the performance and hopes that she is not killed off. Thank you, Bridget. Um, Heather Sivo in the chat roll. Uh, Destiny Morna. Well, you guys. Shout out to Heather Sivo, Destiny Morna, Bridget Shea Wardstone. You know, all these people, Destiny Morna. We gotta love all our fans. Guys, if you're not watching live, you should be. We tape every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we got some pretty good guests lined up for you guys. Uh, we've been working with the writers and the actresses to schedule everything out. I believe we're going to have Sister Anne in the coming weeks. Oh, great. Uh, Severn Thompson, and uh, then I think I'm trying to get Kara Zagorski for the penultimate, and then I believe Stephen Maeda will be here for the finale. Stephen Maeda, the showrunner. And uh, I also want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Karina Schaefer at Fidget TBC on Twitter. Uh, she's watching us live. Uh, so thank you. All right. All right. So. Hey, can I give a shout out to? Yes, give a shout out. I want a shout out to Adria Lang, who wrote this episode, and to Steve Adelson, who directed it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Making us feel like. Horrible! Like this episode made me like feel like a bad person, like watching it. I finally found the kryptonite for six-year-old children, and it's cyanide. Basically, it's not cyanide. It's opium and uh, and monkshood. Monkshood. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Kyle, who now is in possession of the secret journal, the secret diary, the secret life. Of uh, Michael Dubois, uh, he's got the book on hand, and he abandons Amy in a glass case, even though he is paying attention during the whole time that they're having this long, drawn-out argument. He knows exactly why she did what she did, although at the same time he now knows that she did it, uh, and uh, he knows what's going to happen to her if he leaves her behind. But he still does. What a jerk! What a dick. I think it's a very clear moment of Kyle picking whose side he's on and, you know, certainly wrapping up on the Amy-Kyle flirtation that started off in the beginning of the season, you know? Like, mm-hmm. is that ever going to lead to anything? Well, at this point, like, Kyle thinks it's really clear where he stands and I don't know if she's ever going to forgive him. It makes more sense now, though, that we know all the guys on the island are sterile. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that she's like, oh, oh, we need this guy off the island. Let's get the planting from yep. him. That way I can't be planted by my dad because I don't want my is dad's that, planting me. Is that the logic there? I mean, I'm sure that that has something to do with it for Amy. Can't tell you the whole thing. But, um, yeah, definitely the idea that, you know, she could lose her, uh, that she could have her first time with someone who would allow her to have a baby of her own that Michael wouldn't be able to tell her what to do with. I think that's appealing to someone like Amy. Absolutely. If she thinks that grandparents don't have anything to do with the raising of a child, she's sorely mistaken. Hey, okay, <laughs> in Gilmore Girls, Lorelai Gilmore was able to take care of her daughter for 16 that's years right. without any intervention from her parents, who were judgy and upper crusty. <laughs> and it was only when they required the tuition fees for Chilton Academy that she required bringing them back into her life. It's an excellent series. It's all on Netflix. Matt likes to drop some knowledge on us, Allison. I love Gilmore Girls. I love Gilmore It's a great Girls. show. Yeah. It's a great um, show. Let's talk more about this show. Yeah. We're, uh, well, 
I guess she's looking at at Doctor Dick Texas as like because he's he's going to leave the island in theory. Yeah, especially at the very beginning. Like, right. This is the guy if I can going seduce him, he'll take me with him. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so much. let's definitely leave that in there for sure. Like, take me, Calgon, take me away. Except mm-hmm. as Kyle said, and, you know, and, there's there's a whole lot of just teenage fantasy built into that moment. Ooh, of course, sure. teenage yeah. fantasy. I think there's probably also a certain. I wonder what Michael, how Michael would react if they did have if they did have sex before she like was offered offered herself to Michael. Would she be oh, impure? Like, he would be devastated, but would he, like, would he kill her? Would he cast her out? I don't know, because it seems like, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, Allison, it seems like you're the last remaining daughter on the island. Uh, I mean, certainly the only one close to the necessary 20 years of age. So no, no matter how pissed he is that she's no longer pure or that someone got to her first, I have to imagine he's smart enough to accept, okay, this isn't what I want, but I require her. Like it would be, and I think he's also smart enough to, if were if were that the case, he would also be smart enough to recognize that the CDC would never let them lay a hand on her, knowing that one of, you know, that, that she's potentially pregnant with a child. There, you know, there's, but yeah, he he's very um, Michael. That is is very much a man of you know specific functions, you know, and if he if he still requires someone as you really you put it you hit the nail on the head if he still requires someone then then he's he's not going to off them right like if you take the case of sister agnes right even though he still definitely needed her on the island he knew that uh a lot of her trust and faith in him was based on her believing that he was a one-of-a-kind godlike figure and now that she's asking questions and potentially could uh bespoil the entire crop of people she had to be dealt with. But now it's too late to fix the crop. The seeds of dissent have already been sown. So An egg yeah. got thrown. Yeah, exactly. You throw one egg, everybody dies. That is the true nature of diplomacy. That is the Henry code. Kissinger would call that real politics. Little, little known fact <laughs> that's actually in your uh, disclosure agreement for AfterBuzz is egg thrown, everybody dies here. Well, crap. Yeah, so don't throw any eggs. Um, I want to talk about Kyle and Alan because we kind of get more of their, not so much relationship, I don't want to call it, but their their friendship kind of builds a little bit more in this episode. There's a little bit of trust, yeah. Yeah, because before, now it's Alan's kind of trying to piece together the nights because last episode ended, of course, with Sarah three feet in the air being lifted up by Alan with his eyes going all over the place. Uh, he got time machine pretty hardcore and... So he's trying to piece together what happened that night. And, like, what did you guys think of this scene when finally he meets up with Sarah? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be, like, really delicate and be like, look, I I was drugged. There was this. I don't remember. And she just goes cray-cray. Well, okay. There's a lot. I, I understand your position here, and I do agree with you to some degree uh, in that. There's in, a lot of emotions behind lot, what she's saying. Yeah. Exactly. Because we don't know what happened in the year plus since uh, since Arctic Biosystems. He knew that she was pregnant and has known for some time. If he wanted to be a part of her life and a part of his kid's life, he would have been involved long ago, not often hiding. He put himself and his mission ahead of having a family, and that has to enter into how she's feeling in this moment. Not only did she lose this baby. 
He didn't know she was pregnant? Yeah, oh, not until he she... didn't know. Okay, all right. No, he didn't know she was pregnant. She You're tells him on the right. island. You're and absolutely they first right. they face-to-face face in his room. He didn't know. Yeah, yeah she got pregnant. She put right. a pin in it for about a year and a half. Yeah. And now it's... But I do think that his reaction when he finds out has something to do with her reaction in, in that the moment you guys are talking about. Because it's like, you didn't take hearing about the baby in the first place properly, and now it's gone, and this is how you're reacting? Like... Exactly. And it's also, uh, just on some level, I know it's maybe irrational, but the fact that he's the one who removed that baby and his negative reaction when he heard about it in the first place together has to paint a really powerful emotional picture for her, especially just the fact that she's been so violated in this way. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in her in her mind, it's got to be a little bit crazy because she can't... He just woke up with blood on his fingers. She woke up in a hospital bed covered in, like, a bloody rag and not pregnant anymore. Yes. Yeah. Real scary. Not a good way to wake up. No. Not not a good Vegas story. The question is, uh, I, not what, like, what, not what was being, like, what was the goal of it, but, like, what happens now? Mm-hmm. Like, so now Michael... Pro, like I'm assuming we're assuming Michael, not I, I guess it, the only other person it could be would be Amy. Um, Michael, yeah, Michael has yeah. Michael is potentially in in possession of this child at whatever stage of development it still was. We don't quite know the he, size of the baby. Does he put it effectively in like a test? Well, she was what two weeks pregnant? Yeah, it was like some it was really early. Well, I mean, it was only a few days pregnant before she got silvered. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's still very much in the early stages of conception. Has to be. Oh oh my god, guys! Oh, I just came up with something really dark. Let fly, Steve. Oh, oh, Allison's, <laughs> Allison's way into it. So we casting know what, was perfect. We know what mother <laughs> is. Okay, do you know what it is when you when you take an egg from one woman and put it into another woman? You mean surrogacy? Yeah, yeah surrogacy. Mother. All all of his sisters and daughters and things—they're all surrogates for mother. He's there's another silver. That he's taking the eggs out of and putting into another girl. That's what the planting is. He's putting eggs into them that are already fertilized. That's an interesting theory. Is an Think about it. Theory. Why wouldn't why oh. he he why is he so intrigued by a human's uh, fetus that had turned into a silver? Because he's trying to do that. So he wants to take her fetus, and what's going to go into Amy is Sarah's daughter or son or whatever it is. Oh, he's going to plant. The fetus into Amy. To what end, though? I guess. Yeah, because that's not his genetics anymore. I mean, well, but if this, but this, this is, is more of an experiment. Th- yeah, this baby is now something completely new that he didn't think was possible. Sometimes you just have to wipe the board clean and try something new, Matt Lieberman. Okay, I I see, accept, and actually do believe in this second point. The first point about mother and surrogacy, not quite sure if that sticks, but I do think that if I was Michael and I had a silver baby and I had been trying to do that for years, you, that makes sense. I would say the second half of what you're saying holds water, well, the we first know, half I we don't We know, know there's a mother, correct? Right. You know, there's something called, called mother. mother. There's something called mother. Yeah. I started to think that mother is like a plant that's of some what I kind. That like too. could that somehow maybe mother is what. Sorry, I'm just I like I've had the dancing song stuck in my head now. <laughs> mother, mother. Won't you 
Mother and I get that song. And also, you are cool as hell. What if Mother is what made them immortal? Uh, oh. What if Danzig made them immortal? Yes, what if Danzig made them immortal? <laughs> uh, well, we said earlier, who was it who said that the event maybe took place on St. Germain? That's what I assumed. Well, well, I thought maybe. What if that actually is the truth? You know, I talked a few episodes ago about uh, whatever turned them into silvers. In my mind, it has to be through radiation of some sort. Some kind of meteor or mineral or gas pocket or something. And what if uh, he returned to the source and founded a colony there and, you know, killed anyone from, uh, from the 500 who came near him? Right, and just fiercely defended this spot and has been harvesting uh, bacteria or some kind of biology from this area for such a long time. I don't think he's strong enough for that. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy As a warrior type. Yeah, because he probably would have killed those guys calling him the cuckold because he wouldn't have given a crap. He would have been like, get off my island, I'm going to kill you. I'm going, with the, I'm going with the planting is taking a fetus and putting it inside these women. Well, okay. That's what I'm going with. Uh, we have a lot more episode to go through, and we only have like ten minutes left. It's true. Uh, so, just real, real quick, uh, Julia is on her way to the island, which is great. Uh, it's going to offer a lot of great conflict. Uh, Anne and Peter down in the bottom of the well. Maybe some sparks flying just a little bit. I don't know. So she crazy? She crazy? Well, no, she's sheepish. She's sheep, but she's not crazy. She's just devoted. Okay? Maybe Peter is her path. That's what I'm thinking. Being like seven seven years in heaven. Yeah. Well, look in the oubliette. In the oubliette. Fifty Shades of Oubliettes. <laughs> Please no. But uh, she's not. I, I would say Anne is not crazy. I mean, it's when you come out of a cult. When you're first removed from a cult, there's a lot of deprogramming that has to go on. She spent her entire life serving this godlike father of hers. And the complex that has to come from being the daughter and lover of a god, essentially, has got to be massive. So to realize that not only is he fallible, but that he's capable of horrible, horrible things, killing everyone that she knows in an instant, has got to be so shocking. Vengeful god. It's still, though, vengeful God that's also a man and is right there and just killed everyone you know. They, I mean, you do know they have a lot of they have a lot of religious um, throws in this season of the series. Well, look at the key art. It's a it's a you look at the key art. CDC guy. On you the see cross. that? You, Eden's apple. It's the apple to make everyone live for. Or it's the Satan's apple. You're going to bite from the evil apple. Um, and there, there's tons of things like that. Plus, it's a it's like a very religious seeming cult, and it's finding your path. And now you have two people starting this community. It's Adam and Eve, basically. Uh, she bore me twenty two children. I had to kill everyone except her, and we're going to just start our family and create a pure. I guess I'm reading it as Adam, who is never satisfied with Eve, hmm. and like it's just like I need to continue making more Eves until I find the right one. That's why he keeps saying that they're his favorite, because he just keeps killing all the other ones. <laughs> and he's just trying to get it closer and closer until he finds his perfect partner, which is exactly like him. That's why he's trying to get rid of the human genes, the human genes inside of him. The apple thing is in- an interesting point, though, because, yeah, it does play into that, like, the no- uh, the apple of knowledge. So, and that, that plays directly with the whole parable of this show. Like, science is knowledge, 
the more you know about the earth and how everything, how life functions, the more dangerous you become, the more you have to be struck down. Mm-hmm. I have a question. One thing that is never quite explained or explored is what happened to the kid, the cuckold kid, the kid that was uh, Michael's wife and her lover. Uh, I don't think that that kid burned alive with, uh, with his mother and father. And I'm wondering, who was the first woman that Michael started this chain of, of family with? And was it maybe not even a woman at all? Maybe... I don't know. That's crazy. I was like, I was like, maybe it was a tree. It's not a tree. <laughs> uh, you got that tree pregnant. So I want to, I want to go into the final scene and leading up to of this episode. And I also want to point out the grand marketing advertisement for saying that apples will cause sterilization and then having Hot. you, you say, it. yeah. Do you like the taste of apples? Do you like crisp apples fresh from the orchard? Angry orchard. Hard cider. And it was just perfect ad placement. Perfect. Uh, yeah, make your point quick, and then we got to move to the predictions. Yeah, so the end of the episode, it's just... We have this slow burn of can't look away, the train is heading for a wall. Everyone getting their medicine. It's safe, everyone. So terrible. It's all safe. So they pass out the Kool-Aid. We think that everyone's about getting ready to... To drink up, and we think that they're going to get there just in time. But no, but no, the kid, he slips, he drops it on the floor and covers it with a blanket. It's so horrible. Everyone starts dying as Michael walks through his congregation of death, and he walks up to the kid. And we all think that this kid is Caleb. We all think he's Caleb. We think he's going to grow up and be Caleb on the island. And he hands him a cup, and the kid drinks it. Really sad. Really, really, really sad. Uh, okay, it is time for predictions. Apparently, oh, Apparently. she's on the screen. We can't do predictions oh, while she's can't. on the screen. You're back to Buzz TV. Predictions. predictions. Allison Ooh. ruined our prediction. No, no you didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, you didn't ruin anything. All right, so predictions. Stephen, what do you think is happening next week? Um, uh, from the scenes from next week package, we saw maybe some soldiers. Look yeah. like Alaria soldiers. Same outfit from I last season. I think the scythe is coming. You think the scythe is returning? Ooh. I think he might be useful because the scythe is a farming tool and they're good at farming there. Um, I think that uh, we're going to get a alliance between Peter and Alan at the end, okay. leading up to next up, ep- leading up to the episode after next. And I think th- I think we're going to find out what the planting is. Okay. The the. The planting. planting. It's the Stop planting. It. Please, it. it's just, it's it's embarrassing. No, I mean, I think Alaria's coming. Uh, that To me, seeing a, a bunch of, like, commandos from Alaria come, I have to think Sergio's with them. Hmm. That's a good um, idea. So this is good Alaria, then. He's, I didn't, not good Alaria. This is Alaria, which means it's going to have people on different sides. So I think you're going to get there, and then... If you introduce Sergio and or Julia to the mix, you're all of a sudden going to have this divided even more. Mm-hmm. So the question is just, at this point, I guess I'm seeing, um, I think Amy's going to become this like major center point of like who has control of the crux of the situation. If, if whatever Sarah's baby is, if it actually does go through and it gets put into Amy... Then she becomes like this next step in evolution. She becomes the she becomes the Virgin Mary. 
Well, let's also not forget. Let's also not forget that at some point in the next 30 years, this small fungal infection, which is not a true virus because it is not it kills too quickly to spread its own genetic material and spread that virus, uh, somehow becomes weaponized and starts killing everyone on the planet. Okay? The, we have to remember that this is something that's going to happen in the next few days. The seeds of this are planted in the next few days. Uh, I don't think the site is coming. I think that those soldiers come with Julia, potentially also with Sergio, um, although I can't be sure of that. I would love to see the look on Peter's face when Sergio totally taunts him with the fact that he and Julia are now sleeping together. Because uh, that he totally would do that because he's Sergio and that's what he would do. Um, I'm very, very eager to see what happens next week. As Stephen has one last one, thing. One last prediction. One last the future thing. can't be changed. We're already 30 years in the future, so right. we know what's going on. Yeah. I'm thinking that the the apple, the pollen from the apple, cross pollinates when it infects humans who have eat, who have uh, gotten Narvik C. Both ideas are released at the same time, which causes. Catastrophic effects. Which causes what starts killing the silvers. It bonds with the Narvik Sea. Hmm. The same things that made the silvers immune to the pollen in the apple, you're saying, now makes them vulnerable to Narvik when the two interact at the same time? Something like that. Something I think like it that. interacts in some way. Okay. I think we're. I think on the finale we're going to have Narvik C released and the apples released. Okay. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Allison, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can the people find you online? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Allison Louder, um, and I'm going to be launching uh, an official Allison Louder Facebook page soon, so you can keep yeah. an eye out for that. That's uh, going live, I think, on. Wednesday this week. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Are you going to be in L.A. anytime within the season? Thanks for having me. I don't know if I will make it back to L.A. during the season, um, but I will be coming back down at some point this year, so I would love to, you know, I don't know, sit in on any discussions that you may have about any show that I'm a fan of. So. Okay. All right. Let Great. us know. Thanks uh, so much, Allison. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to meet you. All right, Stephen, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, as well as doing the Better Call Saul after show here at AfterBuzz TV. Sleepy Hollow just ended, but maybe it'll get a season three. Who knows? Go ahead to go to iTunes, give us five stars, leave a comment, so we have somebody to shout out this week, next week. All right, Zach. Thank you, uh, disclaimer man. The music goes straight or those the whole song you do this. You guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Also here at AfterBuzz, whole bunch of shows, Better Call Saul with these two crazy guys. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Agent, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back tomorrow. So excited. Yes. Join us, guys. Alright, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find them, all my videos on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Matt Lieberman, or here on AfterBuzz doing uh, Better Call Saul and Banshee, which I'm doing right now. You can also find me on SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd. Thank you all for joining us. See you next week. Good night. Sorry. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.